Hello, how are you? This is David Avalon with another edition of the Breaking the Guard podcast with my co-host Robert Drysdale. In today's episode, we talk about a phenomenon. Well, we actually first talk about injuries <laughs> because we're old. Uh, but then uh, we somehow managed to stumble along a process of talking about sloth. Uh, essentially, people becoming lazy or just underachievers. And uh, kind of an epidemic nowadays. And we talk about a couple of reasons why that could be and perhaps things that could be done to help resolve that and uh, have people going out doing things rather than just staying at home. Um, We also talk about uh, a bit about fight culture. And we hit some pop trivia, particularly with Dylan Dennis getting arrested and choked out by a cop. And uh, how that reflects on martial arts and a bunch more. We we ramble quite a bit on this episode, so uh, it's not too martial arts. There is some martial arts topics, but it's not too martial arts centric. It's more philosophical. Uh, so if you enjoy those episodes, then this one's for you. So go ahead and tune in. Before we get started, I'd like to give a shout out to BJJRetreat.com. As you may know, BJJRetreat.com is my page where I host uh, seminars and camps. And I have a camp coming up here in Las Vegas from November 2nd to the 8th. It's going to be just before the IBJF Masters Worlds Championships, which is also here in Vegas. So it's a great excuse to come a week early and get some top-notch training in and have a good time. Uh, Last camp, we had a blast, you know. I've talked about it before, but I taught the guys some firearm skills, how to use a pistol, and then we went out into the desert, shot, rapid-fired, let them use my AR. So that was a good time. We also did some hiking at Red Rock Canyon. We did some axe throwing, spear throwing, uh, even threw a shovel. (laughs) A lot of outdoor stuff. We also did some gambling. And, uh, of course, the main draw was the training, although the smoked bison and pulled pork was probably a close second so if you're interested in checking that out go ahead visit bjjretreat.com i have all the information there the schedule activities uh pricing we have four different options it starts out as low as 5.99 to train for a week so go ahead check it out spaces are limited uh as i actually run the camp out of my house uh so have Half the people staying with me, other half can be in hotels or whatnot. It's limited spacing for that reason, so make sure you check it out. We're also, for the month of uh, September, it's 25% off. And again, the camp goes from November 2nd to the 8th, so it, you definitely want to jump in on it soon. We already have quite a few spots taken, so go ahead and visit bjjretreat.com to learn more. Hey guys, what's going on? David Avalon here with my co-host Robert Drysdale for another episode of Breaking the Guard. Rob, what's episode going on? Episode 99, what is it now, Dave? Uh, we're 50-something. 50-something? Yeah, okay, yeah. Well, we're getting there. We're moving along. Um, yeah, man, how you been? What's new with you? Uh, i been getting some more training time now, but then uh, I had one week I trained five times, Yeah. which I was like, this is amazing. You know, yeah. like I got a lot of mat time in, but this week... I got in once, I lifted once, and then I tried to go again, and now my ribs are all tweaked. 
Yeah, but like, I, yeah, it's hard to push that. Th- I, I, I go to the gym, like, I don't, I, I get to that threshold and I kind of stop right there. I don't really push that boundary all the time anymore. I'm still learning the limits. Like, yeah. it seems silly, but, like, I'm still figuring out, like, the balance. Like, I know what, I think I know what did it at least. Yeah. Because I did legs where I did zercher squats, which I normally don't do. You know, Zercher's, that's the when you hold the barbell oh, and you your, go, yeah, and your yeah. biceps. And then yeah. you, it gives you a little deeper squat. Yeah. It's but, hard on your back directors, too, because you have to keep your back straight. Yes, it's very hard because it pulls I, you in. Yeah. It pulls you in. And then the other thing, it's hard to breathe because the bar is pressed against your yeah. diaphragm. Oh, those, yeah. Right? Yeah. So, and coincidentally, this part of my ribs all pulled and all along. It's like weird. It's like a little belt. You know what it could have been, too? And they didn't warm up properly. Well, when I, like, yeah, good hard warm up, break a good sweat because that one is hard on your, and your core. Yeah, and not only that, yeah. your 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 ribs don't get a lot of blood flow. That's why they take forever to heal because it's cartilage, right? So there's not a lot of blood flow. That could be something to do with that. Yeah, so I feel like okay, that one probably because I was fine, I was a little sore, but then I grappled the next day, yeah. and nothing really happened. But then after the training session, I kept rubbing here. I'm like, oh, crap. Then woke up next morning. I'm like, oh, now it's like a little belt. Yeah. I was like, God damn it! Like, okay, now I know. If my back hurts a little bit, don't grab the next day. No, you know what I started doing? Because I have like a herniated disc on my lower back. And it's been, I've been complaining about it for 10 years, right? And I went to the gym. Dude, I hadn't done abs in years. Just don't do abs, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, who cares? So I'm like, let's do abs today. I did abs for like 20 minutes at the gym. Dude, it helped my lower back so much. I think that's what's just missing. Like that blood flow, you know? And just like exercise in your lower back. I mean, your abs. But you're bringing, it's the same area, right? Like, so... You're getting all that movement left, right, left, right. Man, I great. Like it's almost like physical therapy for my back. My back has felt great the last two, three days. Nice. So I, I, like little things like that. I'm rediscovering. I'm like relearning how to train in order to stay healthy. You know, it's it's because I, you know, it's you have your method well, up to a certain point, and it's not really a method. It's just chaos. It's just if it's hard, it's good. If you're exhausted, it's good. You stop when you're done. You know, when you're when you're you have nothing left to give, and that's your that's your mo like that's how you you live your career and now that you're no longer fighting it's like you have all the the, the accumulated damage to your body it's like you have to relearn how to train in an intelligent way you know what's hilarious that this reminds me of i watched my match with henner gracie which i found online showdown yeah Yeah. it's been like hidden for like i've heard people like oh the grapevine i saw it at the gracie academy but it's like it was like hidden somewhere I saw it, and there was an interview of me before the match, and the the color commentator said, "Oh, you know, David Avalon, he's like twenty three years old, and he's you know surprising. He's never suffered a serious injury in his career. And he says he's very lucky." I'm like, "You dumb son of a bitch! You just jinxed yourself." <laughs> <laughs> like, at at twenty three, you like you look at injuries, yeah. you think it's like ah, uh, because you know at that age, the the future is something so abstract. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you're so immersed in the moment, you know. When you're in your twenties, you don't think about it. You're just looking at what's right in front, which is probably for the better, you know. Like if yeah. you like scared of injuries when you're 23, you would have not have accomplished what you accomplished. Yeah, right? yeah. It's because you didn't give a shit that you went far. There's something reckless about it, you know. But I think there's there's some wisdom in, in being reckless too. Like I don't, I don't. If you're too responsible, too young, you're not gonna, you're not gonna live. Yeah, and, that, and I think that's the time to be reckless because. Yeah. You have, a little more, you have a little more leeway to recover. Like, now it's pain in the ass, you know? Like, yeah. I just saw that. I'm like, uh, you didn't, that young David didn't know what was coming down the pipeline. A hundred percent. And I, I remember, like, when I hear, like, guys that are, like, 35, 40, 
And they'd ask me at my age, and I'd be like 21. Like, oh, man, you're so young. Oh, good for you. They're like, it's like celebrating my youth. I'm like, what is he talking about? Like, I'm going to be... Because you think you're going to feel the same way 20 years down the road. It's, it's hilarious because yeah. it's such like a common thing to hear. Yeah. And I know I felt the same way. I'm like, whatever, old man, yeah. you, you don't know me. You, know, you yeah. don't know my body, my yeah. drive, yeah. my, you know. But like, I'm Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. But it's like trying to explain to like a young kid about love. You know, they have like that puppy love. Like you, you can't tell someone that. Like there's no way no. you communicate it. It's like it has to be felt. It's, it's one of those lessons that they have to hit their head on the wall. You know yeah. what's funny about that? And that applies to a lot of things. Like, there are things that I've read in my youth that I could see there was a lot of depth there, a lot of feeling, but I couldn't quite grasp it. Like, not in a very, you have to live it. You have to experience what that person is trying to get across through words. And then you can really relate to it. And that's when it's truly beautiful because yeah. you can, it's like you can, I've, I know what you're talking about. I've been there before. Like, we can share that feeling, right? And that's something that comes with time. And that's, I think it applies to everything. You just like, time gives you that. Like it gives you the, the, the little extra, um, you just feel more deep. Like you can, I, I can relate to things like, like fear, hope, love, hate. Like I understand these things better than I did in my 20s. Sure. No, like I, to me, they're just abstract concepts that went in poetry and books, but like it's not something I had felt deeply. You know? Because if you've never gone through those things, like you don't have a, there's no scale. There's no sense of like, I don't know, like, for example, like, I always tell people, like, I appreciate food so much after wrestling. Before I wrestled and had to deal with weight cutting and stuff, I never really cared about food that much. For granted. Yeah, like, I enjoy it, but, like, whatever, you know? But after, like, you deprive yourself of proper nutrition and all that for, like, months on end, and then you get to eat. A hamburger, yeah. Yeah, or, like, our thing, I had actually, I went to San Diego this past week, and I met with an old high school wrestling buddy, uh, Ryan. And him and his brother Chris were obsessed. His brother Chris, in particular, was obsessed with blizzards, Oreo blizzards. Like that oh, was they're like, delicious. Yeah, yeah. Like in high school, that was like the thing. So like, he even bought himself his own blizzard machine. Yeah. Where like he had the little thing that would spin. Yeah. So when it was like after a tournament, would come over to his house. We'd bring like the ice milk, the same yeah. thing they use at Dairy Queen. Get a bunch of and yeah. just go nuts, you know. But like we had this weird like fetish about like having these yeah. blizzards, you know. But for me, like everything, kind of like you can only appreciate food when you've truly been deprived of it, you yeah. know. Um, and that's when you understand, like, oh, when kids say you're starving, like you're not starving, you little bastard. You, yeah, know, you haven't yeah. even experienced what yeah. starving is yet. You know, no, like, it's true. So when you feel like deep pain, which only can usually, I mean, hopefully, only comes later in your life, you know, when you have to suffer you a can loss truly of a family member. Happiness, yeah. yeah, and then you can really, wow, like now I know what bad times really are, and like. This is why good times are great. But like, if you only had good times and then you have an amazing time, it's like it's, it's not a big change. Yeah, yeah. it's like ah, uh, it's a little better, yeah. you know. It's kind of like that expression. I say, good times make a weak men, weak make bad times, and bad times, you know. Yeah, yeah, it goes. Bad hard times make strong men. Strong yeah. men make good times. Good mm-hmm. times make, make weak, weak men. men. Weak men make hard times. times. Yeah. So we're at the verge of that cycle, in case you're wondering. Yeah, I think yeah. we're at the verge of collapse here. For sure. I saw something, like, that's switching gears. I, I could go on this rabbit hole with you about, yeah. like, hardship. Like, I love that topic. But I, I saw something that was truly shocking to me, right? Mm-hmm. This is, like, actually makes me angry. Um, I went to eat at a Greek restaurant here on Rain, uh, so Sahara and Fort Apache, I believe. Okay. And, you know, I've never been there before, but I Google, like, you know, Greek food. I was in the mood for Greek food, right? So, like, Greek food near me, and it takes me to this place. And I get there, and there's a sign on the door that says, we are closed due to lack of staff. 
Mm. <laughs> wait, wait, pause, pause. Yeah. This is the first time that I have even heard. I mean, I don't think there has there ever been a time in history where people were like going out of business because they didn't have workers. I don't know, but I it, can't it, think of it. But it is a phenomenon. I've seen that. It's, it's incredible. It's, it's outstanding. I can't even put... I like, think I saw that in San Diego also yeah. when we were walking around. And Dude, you, if you drive Spring Mountain, like every other restaurant has a, a sign on it that says now hiring. Like yeah. it's terrible. Like, and and I, I don't... And it's a cultural problem, Dave. It is yeah. not a problem of economics. I don't think it's economics. Mm, well, I can differ on that. I think it is an economic problem because a lot of these people, I don't know if there still are, but they were incentives. Not oh, yeah. Well, well, po- positively, when yeah. I say economics, I meant like negatively, like as in they're struggling. I think oh, the yeah. issue is, yeah, they're getting checks from the government, A, but it is a culture. What I mean by a cultural feature is that people think that's okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and people are not ashamed of it. Yeah. I'm not the hardest working man on the planet. Anyone who knows me knows that. Unless I'm really passionate about something, I'll sink my teeth in. Yeah, I can work for 18 hours a day, no problem. But for the most part, like, you know, I enjoy my free time. Like, I, I, I never wanted to be a billionaire because I don't think there's a point working that hard unless yeah. you really love what you're doing, right? But I like to think I have some work ethic, you know, and like the fact that like it just people don't want to work, and that's what's so shocking to me. Like, dude, like it's not like you made it in life, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I, me and you can say like, okay, we can, we've done some things in our life, you know, like we can go, okay, I'm still working, but I don't, I don't have to work 12 hours a day, 15 hours a day if I don't want to, right? But you get some of these 20 year old kids that just barely made it through high school, and they're like, they think they made it in life, dude. I know it sounds like old man, but dude, it's getting worse. Yeah, it's been getting worse, and I'm wondering what's next. I wonder if like we're gonna have a society that's just like run by AI and everyone's gonna be miserable because everyone's gonna be so comfortable. Life's gonna be so easy. We're not gonna be able to have that struggle that 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 you were talking about, like, yeah. like starving yourself to appreciate, you know, blizzard Oreo cookie ice cream. I'm serious here. Like, <laughs> no, 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 yeah, and yeah. people are like, oh yeah, no, but it's it's exactly what's happening. Like if things are handed to you, they have no worth. Yes. If I walked up to a stranger, I was this example, and I handed you a black belt, what would that black belt be worth? Zero, zero, right? But if you kill yourself, it, it means something, right? Like you spend your life working for it. So the, the reward is always proportionate to the effort. Is what, is the point I always try to make. And I tell this to my students because I give this speech almost every day at the gym. And I think it goes one ear, in one ear or out the other. They don't really listen to what I'm saying because they don't get it. Yeah. It's like you're after the wrong things, people. Like you have to learn how to invest in something you're truly passionate about and put your heart and soul into it. And then the reward at the end of that is proportionate. What you guys are after is comfort. You're not going to get anything out of that. You're not going to get anything out of, oh, I just want to live in a, at the beach and do nothing all day and like live my life. What's the one? Like, live your best life. What the fuck does that mean? Like, I hear that one all the time. You know, it's like, it's, it's, I think it's a generation of people that have been convinced. My generation, like, I, I think, you know, but the younger crowd is worse because of social media. They've convinced themselves of what happiness is, what well being is, what true satisfaction is. And they really don't have it but they feel like they're on the right track about it. And they're really like, no, for sure we're on the right track. We're just gonna be just like our heroes on Instagram. And then, you know, as a result, like depression rates are through the roof. Yeah. And I, I, th- I think it's, it all ties up, man. Like this is all, it's one big cycle. I don't think it's coincidental, you know? Well, like you said, for someone to be comfortable who's perfectly able to work, you just take a check from the government yeah. and do so for months and Maybe, I, maybe I even over a year and it's it's embarrassing. Like I know the guys that did my windows, they were the one of the contractors was just like, oh, you know, a lot of our a lot of competitors they can't even work right now because all their staff just decided, you know what, we're just gonna stay home 
take checks yeah rather than go out well, and that has to buy you know so like this one group you know they were still happy to work you know they took pride in doing their work right but uh i think that's partially the problem also if you're just doing work to collect a paycheck and you don't have any fulfillment in the work itself then i can see yeah you probably don't care about how the money gets to you right mm-hmm. see the same people that go looting right because it's just money to me if i'm not going to get in trouble for it yeah. whether i i can get it playing video games in my house versus actually having to go outside and work yeah, yeah send me the check right but ideally we'd be doing work that's yeah. we have some attachment to like you know especially if you're doing like arts and crafts or whatnot there's pride in the output of the product even if you're doing service related business you should be proud of the service that you're able yeah. to contribute you know like if you're going to the gym and you're teaching there is some pride in like oh i helped this person achieve this technique and maybe that's going to help them feel better or do better but like you said like if you're just content to just sit at home man that's to me it's pathetic yeah. it is it is and it's not it's in here i mean i know it's just like we probably had this same podcast like 25 times or half our podcast about because i'm fascinated by this theme um but i i really think that you know look, don't get me wrong man like i've had jobs that are like i've, I've worked at a store before like like yeah. selling skateboards and that's supposed to be cool and fun and i hated it i've worked as a manny before like taking care of kids like i've had jobs that are not related to jujitsu yeah man if it's not your passion it's hard man like you have to go there and do it something you don't like you know but man what are you doing with your free time yeah and this is something i tell my students all the time too like what you do with your free time defines you you're not what you think you are you're not what you're claimed to be you're not what your social media account says you are you are what you do with your free time how do you spend your free time because that's what's building you because we all have responsibilities like you have to go to work you have to go to school have to take care of the kids. You all have like chores that are, they don't define you, but they're part of life, right? And the, as you get older, the, you have a family, you know, your, the amount of responsibility increases. And maybe that right there prevents you from having any, you know, you time. But I think everyone should set aside like two, three hours out of their day where you're manifesting you, you're building you. Like, what are you building in that free time? Because if you're not doing anything productive, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not judging. Yeah. But don't be surprised. Don't be fucking telling, sending me like, I'm going to do this. And I, like, no, what are you doing in your free time? Yeah. You know, like I, like I found jujitsu. I, I was fortunate because I found jujitsu when I was 16. I was very lucky. I always say that it's 50% effort, 50% luck. Um, but like that right there, like all my free time and energy went into one thing. It was easy. It wasn't an effort because I loved it. You know, I know that you can relate. I know that other people listening perhaps can relate. So I imagine someone has a 95 and you know, they don't want that job at the Greek restaurant. I get why they don't want that job. Okay, so you're now you're not working. Now you're getting a check from the government. What are you doing with those 24 hours? Because you're not working. Yeah. I hope you're reading a lot of books. I hope you're working out like crazy. I hope you're like reading some like some serious like articles out there. I hope that you are doing something that is growing you as a human. Because if you're not, don't give me a sad story about why your life is hard. Yeah. Because you're doing it to yourself, man. And this is like huge part of the discussion that people don't want to have. But there's a complete lack of accountability in this country. Like people just like it's always blaming, blaming, blaming. Like people, we live in the richest country in history. Life has never been easier. This yeah. is the easiest life has ever been. I wasn't like at UNLV. It was uh, one of the. I can't remember which class it was, and we're talking about like, you know, millennials and whatever. And I was like, I, and I said, so I, I just buy it. This is in front of like very PC crowd, and they go, I go, I think this is the most spoiled and entitled generation ever walked the earth it's just like like people have never had it easier than this generation of america why like it really is like yeah. you know it really I, th- 
think about what life was like in the United States 100 years ago and compare it to now as far as comfort goes, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, like, there were outrage. All oh, these kids went through the recession. And I said, recession? What recession? 2008? Yeah. I came from Brazil. I moved from Brazil in 2008. Like, people, unemployment here was like 15%. Brazil, like, 15% is the norm. Like, like 30% is possible. Like, it happens. Like, yeah. I'm used to that. You know, so when I moved here in 2008, I'm thinking people complain about this economy because I've been in Brazil for so long. It's like, this is the best economy I've ever seen. You know, it's, it's very easy, especially for Americans to lose perspective of how fortunate we are to live here. Well, kind of on that same token, it's why a lot of self-made millionaires are actually foreigners. And I think it's because mm. they can see, yeah. like, from the having a lack of opportunity, yeah. like, you know, you could be the most motivated man, but if you're in, in China, it's yeah. going to be very difficult to yeah. become a yeah. millionaire just because the roads are not open for you, yeah. right? They require special pathways that only certain people get. Here, everybody has it, yeah. you know, but it's just who's going to actually put in the time for it. And you, tell, you give somebody who comes to this country specifically to take advantage of opportunities, yeah. they're going to take it, you know, versus the people that like you said, the most spoiled, and they're just comfortable. Yeah. And you know, like you said, comfort's a hard place to grow from. Right, because you're comfortable, you're good. You don't really need to do anything else. It's terrible. It's and, that. and it, that's why, like, when people talk about, like, um, what's it, like Tulsi Gabbard? I think she was like supporting a motion for like universal income. Yeah. Essentially, it's like a living wage. Like anybody who, who just breathes air, you get paid to be, you get be, alive. Paid <laughs> to be alive. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. and like you can I, breathe. And it's a it, to me, it's like a very naive uh, point of view. Like you think, and the idea they they think is like. Oh, you know, like, if you didn't have to worry about working for survival, then you could really expand on your create, it's creative uh, pathways and do all this stuff. I'm like, if that was the case, then we would have a bunch of genius welfare people, you know? Yeah. But, like, guess happen. what? It doesn't happen that way yeah. because we're animals. An animal that's spoiled, you know, it's essentially it's like a domesticated dog. You put it out in the wild, it dies. Yeah. It forgot how to survive. It doesn't know how to hunt. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't know where to get shelter and stuff like that. So like we're the same way. You know, you give people everything they need to survive and they don't have to move a finger, they're probably not gonna move it's, a finger. It's inhumane too. Like I I know they, they, they there's a guise of, of humanity in this sort of thinking. Like I'm doing this to help my neighbor. You're not helping. No. It's like if I go to jujitsu with you and I let you beat me every single round. Oh Dave feels great about himself. He just tapped me a hundred times in five minutes. Yeah. Did I help you? No, you gave me a if anything, you've harmed me by giving me a false sense of security, yes. right? Like I'm like, oh look, I'm a, I just smashed the black belt world champion. That means they can smash yeah. anybody. Yeah. And now I'm walking the streets thinking I'm safe, and then anybody could kick and, my ass. And, and this is my peeve with with a lot of this sort of thinking is that they believe, and there's this, there's, and I, I'm, not, I'm not to get too political here, but there's this belief that if you create a foundation of, I call it a foundation, there should play dough. If you're gonna build a house, you have to have a solid foundation. The bigger you want to build that house, the better the foundation has to be. It's like they believe they can create great things out of like a very weak foundation, which is untruthful. Like it's exactly what we're talking about. It's untrue. But like they want it to be true. And then when the house collapses, it's because, you know, it's a social construct or like there's no such thing as nature and biology. Everything is about, you know, the, 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 the unfairness of, of life and the world. It's like, no, man, it's, it's you too. Yeah. You know, like you're going out lying to people and the other person is believing these lies. And you're expecting to be fulfilled and happy and productive. And like, I'm sorry, man, it's just not going to work. It just won't work. I mean, it's never, it never has, you know, it's, it's like this huge. And, and I, I, I see this on, on, on so many levels. It's not just, I see this in jujitsu. I see this 
uh, politically, economically, culturally. Like, it's this misunderstanding of, uh, and I, who's to say what life is about? Right? Who the fuck knows, right? Yeah. Like, it, it means something different to everyone. Sure. But I think it's fair, it's consistent to say that life is about overcoming. Yeah. And I'm, I'm reading Nietzsche nonstop. So, like, this is like, <laughs> it's on my mind all day. Because, yeah. But it, it, I think he's right. Like, life is not, there's no destination, man. There's no final outcome. There's no utopia, no paradise. There is a cycle of struggle, right? You live to struggle to overcome yourself. And that's meaning. That's where you derive your meaning. It's not, oh, when I die, I'll have my meaning. Or when I'm rich, I'll have my meaning. I will be fulfilled when I win that world title. Or when I, if I just follow this theory or system at the end of it, it's not, it's not so flat, you know. It's, I've, and, and I think we would be more fulfilled if we understood that, you know, instead of like constantly looking for, for the easy way, you know. Because I, I, you know, looking back, man, like my best years in jiu-jitsu days were way before I won world titles. Those were the happiest days to me. Like in jiu-jitsu yeah. was like where I was like getting in a van and going to tournaments with like very little money with very little expectations. Other than um, just being there with my friends and doing well and representing the team, you know, like that was, and that was incredible. Yeah. Right? But it was, there was no, the reward was, there was no reward. No one knew who I was. Like, there was no money. There was no, like, you know, big media. It, but it was very meaningful, you know, in a very deep way. And I would think it's probably because you were overcoming a lot more than you were towards the end of the career, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. essentially, making that jump from purple belt to brown belt, brown belt to black. There's a lot of internal obstacles that you had to overcome, things that you thought were limits that you actually, they weren't, you broke through them. You know, so once you're at the end of the spectrum, now the, it's not as big as a deal. Like my girlfriend asked me, oh, don't you want to like compete again? I'm like, no, I've I've fought a lot of the big names. You know, I've grappled with you, I've grappled with Cyborg Lovato, like, I know where I'm at on the yeah, yeah. on this totem pole, so the rewards are very minimal now, right? Yeah. Like I, I know where I am in, in this hierarchy of what I can do. You know, I feel like there's some people that never get there, yeah. and I think those people usually struggle more with letting go because they never felt being at the top. Right? I, I get that. Yeah. yeah. So like, then you yeah. then you have unanswered questions, yeah. right? Like I feel bad like some fighters get injured and then they can never come overcome it it's like man that sucks because like they never got to test themselves right like you're you were a step away from the big shot and then you missed it but like if you got up to the the big stage and you got to perform you don't really have regrets you 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 did what you did you know and and you now know like this is what it's like at the top you know and i i can relate because you know my, my real dream was to be a ufc champion right that was my always like my yeah jiu-jitsu was a like a, they're stepping stones yeah. in between, you know, um, and I I didn't I didn't make it in the UFC. So there's always a part of me is like, what you know, like I, I I can still remember what it was like not to be a jiu-jitsu champion because it's the same way I feel. It's it's the same feeling, right? Of like I wonder what it's like on that side. But you know, an inner smarter brain goes, it's the same shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's no difference. You have more money. Right, more money, more problems, probably more reporters, you know, probably more fake people around you. That comes with fame, you know, that comes with all these things. So there's a part of me that goes, it w- and am I better off? Would I have been better off with that? Like, so of course, I'd love to have that accomplishment on my resume, but, you know, so it, it, it's very easy for, for me because we, we, we fought at ECC. We've got grappled against some of the best in the world to tell some purple belt that's coming up in his dream and to say, oh, man, it doesn't really mean that much at the end. Yeah. You know, how do you tell him that? He's not going to believe you. 
He's no, not going to yeah. believe you. Cause, but like, if he doesn't feel it, if he doesn't have that feeling that we're describing, he's going to be wondering what it's like. Yeah. And I think that's even worse. That's like the, and so I, I don't tell people not to, I, I tell them, man, go for it. Like you go, you see your dream, man, you go for it 100%. Fuck what people are saying. You almost have to be a little irresponsible about it. Sure. But if they ask me sincerely, is it going to be great on the other side? I'll be honest with you. Like, no. <laughs> it's just the same shit. There's still more. It's still like, there's always something else, you know? Like, I think what game was it? Like, oh, Ghosts and Goblins. Like, when you beat the game, it just starts over. Ooh, which one? Ghosts and Goblins. I don't think I played that. It was like a Nintendo game, an arcade machine. But, like, it was like, it was this impossibly difficult game. And then at the end, when you beat it, yeah. it's like you just have to start over again. Like, there's no, yeah. like, final thing. Yeah. You're like, son of a bitch. Like, oh, it hard. gets harder. It gets harder. It <laughs> just goes up a level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just start all over again. You know, but it's like that, you know. So uh, some I, had to, I had a friend of mine, an old student, that he had asked me. He's, you know, like, my age, like, 42, 44 or something. And he's never fought MMA before, but now he wants to fight. He's like, Dave, should I do it? I'm like, well, I mean, he's built like a freaking ox. Like, he's yeah. super strong. And I'm like. You're strong enough, you know, and you have experience, but you've never stepped in. But how old is he? He's like 42, 44. So like, he's he's on the edge. It's a passion right? project. It's a passion a... project. Yeah. Right? Like if you know, if it's one of those questions that are going to be bothering you, and yeah. might as well get an answer. You know, I, I just told him just get matched up with someone around your age. You know, yeah. like don't fight some twenty year old kid. You know, but like I got a story similar to that one. A little off topic where yeah. we're going, but you remember Donovan Craig? He was an editor for Fight Magazine back in the day. You probably met him. Like, okay, he was the editor for Fight Magazine for, I think he was one of the founders of the magazine, whatever. So I knew him through the fight, and this was like 10 years ago. And when he messaged me and he goes, Rob, I'm going to fight MMA before I get too old. I want to fight. You know, he's like 40 something. I want to get at least one fight. I've been reporting MMA since I was, you know, a teenager. I want to know what it's like to be in there. Will you corner me? I'm like, man, I'd be honored. I'm assuming he'd been trained his whole life because I met him in a bunch of fight events, but I never actually. Trained with him, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I'll be in your corner. So he's fighting tough enough, amateur, right? And and I go to the show the day of the fight, and he's warming up, and, and he's, I, I'm sorry if Donovan ever listens to this. I don't mean <laughs> to offend, but I'm just telling it vividly, as vividly as I can. I see him hitting pads. I'm like, oh, ouch. This is going to be bad. I hope his jiu-jitsu is really good. <laughs> he had no hands. I know, sorry, Donovan. Yeah. He, think, he probably thought he did. He had, like, really bad hands, right? And I'm like, ooh, I hope his jiu-jitsu is on point. And this is like 15 minutes before the fight. We're warming up, Dave. And yeah. he walks up to me and he goes, so Rob, what do I do if the fight hits the ground? Oh, and I'm like, oh, fuck, you don't train. It's like, no, you never train. Like, never done jiu-jitsu in his life. And I'm like, this guy's been reporting MMA his whole life, but he actually hasn't done much training. And I'm like, man, what do you... So if you had to... And his opponent is like this 23-year-old kid, jiu-jitsu purple belt, shredded. Oh, like he looks like a super athlete so like one of those like, crossfit <laughs> freaks you know i'm like oh man this guy's gonna get killed you know like oh i also want to tell him to like call the fight man don't go yeah, yeah. <laughs> almost like but here we are you know i'll do my best so i have like 15 minutes to work with this guy so i teach him two things i teach him how to sprawl and i teach him a guillotine so he goes out there this is a true story man like this is legit you can't make this shit up he goes out there Kid is like jacked, and he's like, he's actually pretty confident. He walks in there, he feels, yeah. you know, confident. And I was like, all right, all right. So start fi- uh, the, the, the fight starts. Sure enough, the kid shoots a double. Dave, on my children, Donovan sprawls, puts a guillotine on the kid, jumps close guard, taps the kid. 
This is like one minute into the fight. And I'm thinking, there's no way, man. Best coach there's ever. There's no way. It's like, I, I, yes, yes. Like, best coach ever. Like, 10 minutes to work with the guy. And no, he pulled it off. But that's crazy. You know, but yeah, he just wanted to have that feeling. That happened to another reporter, he, um, Matthew Pauly. He came to the gym years ago and he was interviewing a bunch of the fighters and he wanted, I can't remember. I remember training him for his fight. I remember how it went, but same thing. Reporter, they wanted to fight, and I respect those guys. That's man. that's a lot of that's a lot of balls. But I, I respect right. because these guys don't have no background, so they'll train for six months just to know what it's like. And I have so much respect for that because, um, man, it does take a lot of courage, man. Like, like, I, and I say this all the time. I have no fear, like shame, saying this. I was shit in my pants every single time. There's not a single time I stepped in that cage where I wasn't like, like trying to make excuses in my head to quit. Like, why should I just turn around and go home? I don't need to do this. Yeah. Why am I doing this? Oh, I'm injured. My knee kind of hurts. Maybe I should call. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. You're, you're mind-fucking yourself because you're so scared of being in there. You know? No, so, it's, it's a real thing. I yeah. think that's like, again, I know we talked about it, but just to like hammer it home, everybody has those thoughts. Yeah. To varying scales, you know what I mean? Like, for me, I, early on, I had it. Towards the end, I lost it all. Like, But then again, towards the end, I also performed less as well as I so I think it's good to have fear in you. Like if you have no, I've competed with zero fear, and I didn't do that well. And I feel it's like the difference between being a robot and being emotional, right? Like the emotions are good. You have yeah. to channel them. If you don't have any emotions, then you have no skin in the game. But you, it's kind of like you don't care. And I think it, you lose a lot of that power. Like you, you definitely want to tap into it. But I think those guys, <laughs> that report in particular, like no training, jumping in. It's a mix of balls and ignorance, right? Because I think if you train a little bit, but courage is ignorant. Like, yeah, there's they yeah, correlate a lot. Yeah, yeah, you know, but like if you train a little bit, then you realize, man, this is really hard. I don't know nearly yeah, as much you, as I thought. You, I You did, have yeah. to train a lot to be yeah. able to fight. But if you have no training, you're like, oh, I watched UFC. I reported on this. I know what's yeah, going well, on. I believe it. I, I know those guys all the time. <laughs> and, and but you think about it too, like it, I almost like admire in a. I admire their ignorance and because it, it, it correlates with their courage. Yeah. They're so unaware of how much they, some of these guys, you know, like, yeah. I have guys that walk in the gym, they tell me, oh, I used to fight a lot in high school and they think that's enough. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you think you're going to be fighting in six months? You're very brave. Yeah. If you're ready to step into a cage with those skills, they have no clue. And then you got to put them with a 14-year-old green belt, yeah. get triangled 19 times. Like, oh, shit, I suck. And yeah, you you know, I would have told you, but it's, it's one of those things you can't say it because people aren't prepared for reality. They need to wrap it up in a lot of like yeah. code it with like layer after layer after layer of bullshit. And then, oh, no, this is a good product. Yeah. It's like the, the more full of shit someone is, the better they do at selling, I feel like. You know, you give people reality, they can't handle it. If, you to- if I told my students or some of these guys like that walk to the door to think they're UFC champions, like, you don't stand, like, there's, you can't. Yeah. Like your 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 windows closed, man. Like it's not, you can't tell them that. Like, but right. maybe they shouldn't know. Maybe it's better to have that illusion. Because life is better if you have a little bit of illusion and you're able to dream a little bit. Imagine if you can't, if you can't make giants out of windmills anymore. Like, what do you do? Where do you? I mean, maybe people need that, but I I have a tendency to like always try to be truthful, like with the people I care about. No, for sure. But it's it it doesn't always work. I think using <laughs> kids definitely dispels a lot of yeah. myths of bravado. I know we use Enrico Coco like that quite a bit. Ooh. Enrico Coco, he could be at ACC. He's still. I know the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he started with my brother and I as like eleven year old yeah. taekwondo black belt. So he was already a really good athlete, but he got into jujitsu. He did really well with it. 
But when he was like 13 years old, we would have our college buddies come in and they think they're tough. They're like, oh, roll with this kid. And, you know, at the time he was a kid. So he had a little pot belly and stuff like that. Like nobody thought much of him. But man, he was like heel hooking people, arm barring them, choking them. And you get to see the ego just goes, just immediately drops to the floor. And then like, they're like, okay, now I'm ready to learn. But like you said before that, someone who thinks they could already be a UFC champ, you can't teach them anything yet. Like you have to. You have to crush them. But like the thing is not everyone's ready for being crushed. No, no. It takes a strong soul to be able to be crushed and bounce back. And I don't think that's something you can train, man. Like I'm to the conclusion that some people just want to live in their own heads, you know, be happy. Legends in their own minds. Yeah, yeah. Like it's that's that's the part as a coach you can't I mean, I would like to say maybe there's a way we can ease the guy into it, but I don't really know it. You know, like the first thing is you have to destroy that ego and then you just hope that they can be bounce back from it yeah like there's a there's something in them that goes all right you got me this time like i'm gonna learn now and be able to beat you you know like that was how i was with my brother i remember i because my brother's a year older than me so he got into mma and no holds barred a year before me and i was wrestling in high school and i thought i was tough shit you know i just came from jay robinson 28 day camp and i'm you know entering my senior year my brother's like dave you gotta do the this uh, MMA stuff. I'm like, ah, oh, man, uh, I'm a wrestler. He said, just train with me a little bit. And then I went to train with him, and he armbarred me, rear naked choked me a bunch of times. All right? And in my mind, it's like, after wrestling season, I'm going to kick your ass. And I'm going to learn this <laughs> stuff. You know, like, that was my mind. But me and my brother, we always like, of course, it's the best. Heads, you yeah. know? But like, it wasn't like I just recoiled, right? Like, I got humbled. I'm like, okay, but I'm going to come back, you know? So that's what you got to kind of hope for, like when you smash someone's ego, that they they have enough strength that they can come back into it. I I wonder if that's something you can train, though, man. I I think that's runs too deep, man. Like I I think that like some of these traits they run so deep in the human psyche, because the more on the outside of your psyche it is, the easier it is to train it. I believe. Oh yeah. The more aware of it you are, the more on the exterior, like the the deeper you go, I think the more fixed it is. Well, it's like you're, you're going to have to do actually... All speculative, of course. Like, I don't know shit. Really. Yeah, but you're, 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 you're going to have to do psychology on this yeah. on this person, right? Because yeah. like you said, there's so many little factors. Like, why is this guy have such an inflated ego? Yeah. Oh, maybe he was abused earlier in life. And now yeah. he's made this shell to protect himself. And if you crush that shell... And nothing else. Yeah, yeah, you know. So, like, I mean, there's a whole ton of factors. Like, yeah. we've talked about this before. You know, like, most people going into martial arts don't have a father figure. Right? Yeah. It's not a coincidence, you know. There, there's a reason behind that, you know. So, like you said, as a coach, you have to be like a psychologist, a therapist, oh, you're everything. Like, all these different things. You know, it's tricky. You know, like and you, you said, don't sign up for those jobs, but they're they're there. You are you become a therapist. Yeah, you know, and a father figure. Yeah, it's <laughs> it reminds me now. Speaking of someone who needs therapy, like this guy Dylan Dennis. Okay, <laughs> going from an intellectual psychological conversation to the yeah. gossip of the week. But yeah. dude, like I loved, I, 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 I taught Dylan private when he was like, what, 14, 13 years old. His parents would come to Vegas all the time and I used to teach him private. And I'm going to like, oh, I should go train with Marcel. Oh, I live in New York. Where should I go train? Oh, Marcel Garcia. Yeah. All right. This was like 12 years ago. And like, I saw, I saw he had potential. He was hungry, you know? And yeah. I didn't, honestly, I didn't expect he was going to make it as far as he did in jiu-jitsu. I was surprised. Man, he's like winning tournaments, the brown belt level, doing well. He was one of the top brown belts in the world for a long time, right? And he's a super talented kid, man. But then he went kind of that, I need to be like the media kind of route, which has its benefits. I, I couldn't do it, Dave. Yeah. What guys like 
him, Jake Paul, Gordon, Connor. Do I, I? It's not that I. I don't. I wouldn't know where to begin. I can't do it. It's not that I don't want to. It, it's hard. I, I for me, like I know, like okay, I should post something to it, but I'm like, I just can't do that. You know, like I, I it's. No, I don't want to say I can't. I just gotta find that motivation to like. But to me, like I, I, tr I try to be authentic with everything I do. You know, I'm not just gonna post something just to. Dude, yeah, and, content, and it's exactly know? it's not authentic because. It is, you, you figure out the algorithm of human stupidity. That's what I call it, right? And then you, you, you like, you dive in and you put, like, the more, because I've never done this, but apparently you can, like, look into your Instagram and find out what people are liking. Because I don't even know that shit, because I never care about it. Yeah. But apparently you can find out what, what is trending on your own Instagram account. So you learn that, and now there's an incentive to give more of what people want. Well, guess what people want? Yeah. Garbage, fast food, sugar. You know, the easier it is, the more they want it. Well, it's like butts, dogs, yeah. cars. Exactly. Yeah. Anything that is easily Money, digestible yeah. that requires no thinking. That is, and then, you know, so we have, I call it intellectual diabetes. Like it's equivalent, just like there's so much fucking cultural sugar, like things that we don't have to digest. There's no, you know, and, and, and it's, it, and people feed, people feed off of it. It's like a car accident. Like everyone, no one, people may not like it, but they stopped to watch, including me. I saw Dylan get choked out by a cop or a security guard or whatever, you know, like, there's yeah. a part of me I wish I had not seen that because I don't want to be feeding into this madness. But like just by watching it, I am part of the problem. And I don't see a solution. But like it, it, in a crazy, as crazy as it sounds, I see I'd, I'd probably, I'd, I'd lose my shit, Dave, if some, a security guard choked me like that. I don't know how drunk I am. Like I would not be okay with it. But this helps Dylan in his work because it helped because he probably gained 100,000 followers the next day. But in his, in the way he sees things, like, and I, I don't think he needs that. But he thrives off of it, and, and it helps him in some way. So maybe to each their own, man. Like, I, I just couldn't do it. Yeah, you know? it's, it's sad to me. I mean, like you said, he's talented. He, he's I mean, very talented. He's very good, you know. Like, I mean, he, it kind of makes – it's hard to root for him because a lot of the trash talking is kind of, ugh, you know. But on a legit level, he's got skills. You know? He could do well. He's not the best jiu-jitsu guy in MMA game. <laughs> <laughs> not even going but he, yeah. he has potential man sure. like, and I told him this like dude like wow well, he stayed with me for like a few weeks like a couple years ago three years ago whatever no I remember he was here yeah, yeah and yeah. then I go like dude you got tons of potential like sink your teeth and put your head down and work you'd be surprised what you can accomplish but you know going that route of you know becoming a celebrity has its cost because you have to be like even Connor does that nonstop. he's always in trouble I, I yeah. suspect it's PR it's intentional yeah. I think it's he's got a PR agent. He goes, dude, you got to do something. You lost your last five fights. You got to do something. So break to a trolley at a bus, like punch someone in the head, you know, like steal someone's phone, oh, get into a fight, like do anything. Yeah. And I think that is part of being on that 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 track is just like you have to be remembered all the time to stay what they call relevant. Yeah. I think that is the opposite of relevant. I mean, Isaac Newton was relevant, right? Yeah. Adam Smith was relevant. You know, like Roosevelt was relevant. <laughs> These people are relevant in the grand scheme of the world, you know. Someone who's famous for being famous isn't. Yeah. But in the age of, of you know, like I guess people don't see it that way. Uh, yeah, it's it's sad, man, because it's not, you know, it's completely unnecessary. I mean, I, I, but again, I'm part of the problem because we're, A, we're talking about it. B, I did watch the video. Yeah. So it's that's the whole thing is if you're part of this, if, if that you're just feeding this algorithm, which is madness when you think about how irresponsible it is, how irresponsible the algorithm is, because it just feeds you more of what you want. 
there's no sense of, I almost think that someone should intervene and go, we got to put fucking brakes here, man. Like, we're feeding children garbage. And it's just going to get worse, you know? Well, you know, the, the problem is, like, that's how they make money, right? More eyeballs. Yeah. They, then they could sell that it's, to the advertisers. It, and they Economically, kind of, it makes sense. So yeah. they figured it out. But I, I get what you're saying, because it's kind of like, give a kid free reign and go, you can eat candy all day long. Yeah. Or you can eat your exactly salads and your steak. Yeah. What are you going to do? The kid's going to eat candy all day long. You know what I mean? So, and he's going to get sick and bloated, you know? But like on social media, that's it's kind of what's happening. Yeah, it's like intellectual diabetes. You know, it, it's like, what, what do you do? Like, what do you... Because if you're talking about children, I strongly believe parents should intervene. I took the iPads for my kids. They have like a phone that's really old that barely works. and has like two hours. It's actually sad how I card them. Like, I barely let them play. But they got used to it. I give them books now, man. Yeah. They, they read, you know, and, and it is possible. You can do it. It's just an uphill battle, but you can do it. But when you're talking about adults, at some point, you can't tell an adult what to do. I believe you should tell children what to do. Children should have zero freedom, in my opinion. Shut the fuck up. Do your homework. <laughs> clean the dog. I'm, I'm, that's the best way. That's a good parent right there. No, I'm not buying you a car when you're 18. Fuck you. Get a job. That's a good parent. You know, I believe that's good parenting. But at some stage, you have to give them the reins and go like this is your life you live it as you wish and you know but what do you do when a population clearly does not have the faculties or, or, or the responsibility to filter the information that's coming at them and is choosing to live in a cultural cesspool of absolute like waste and that and that's what's happening here like it is taking such a negative turn like the internet is incredible man you can google you can like find like articles like interviews like really smart people there's some really interesting things out there oh yeah but it's the minority like, oh i use it for that no you don't 90 percent of the time pay attention to your screen time screen yeah. time doesn't lie yeah what are you doing be honest with yourself and i'm part of the problem i'm not pointing fingers yeah. i do this too you know uh but it's it's i think the algorithm is very very irresponsible you know it's just more of what we were talking about at the beginning which is people's minds are just not being uh, used properly and like the the rise of AI is just going to make things I, I fear is going to make things worse yeah it's, it's going to I was at a marketing conference and they're showing some things you can do with AI it's fascinating you know and terrifying at the same time because yeah, it's both yeah. like any technology it's both apparently they fed one AI essentially every book that's ever been digitized right so this book pretty much contains the Millions whole sum of, of human knowledge yeah and they could do things just as crazy as writing copy you know like they can write sales letters they can write you know advertisements yeah. they can all these things were so now like a job that you considered once was like well creative field this is the domain of humans yeah. you know like uh, no 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 they're, yeah, gonna, they're gonna, gonna be better than us yeah they're gonna be better once we it's just a matter of time so what's next you're gonna have okay so you reach out for that cup of water right you're going to have a computer that does that for you? We're going to have a computer yeah. that has sex with your wife for you? Like, I'm too tired <laughs> to fuck you good tonight, so I'm just going to press play here and let the AI do it for that, me. Like, what's next? Yeah. Like, crazy. when does this... I'm, 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 oh, it sounds like you're like, dude, we're not... That's kind of where we're yeah, going here. No, no, that, I mean, it's funny no. you're saying it, but it's not... That's already in the works, right? They have sex robots, right? Sex robots is on the works. I'm pretty yeah. sure, like, wife is going to know, I'm too tired tonight. There's a sex robot in the closet. Go yeah. for it. You know, or... You know, you're, I mean, we're already not driving our kids to school. Like, we don't, you know, we don't make, and I, I'm not saying, like, I'll give you, like, this is, this is, dude, a big revelation. Like, I never clean the pool. You know, I have a pool in my house. Yeah. I never clean it. Like, oh, we'll go. Uh, during COVID, like, people weren't coming over. So there's, like, maybe, like, four times, like, you know, I had to clean the pool, right? I'm like, oh, 
fuck, I got to clean the pool. I have to Google it, learn how to do it, whatever, you know, call people. Okay, figure out how to do it. And like the first five minutes, like, this sucks. After a while, like, I kind of got in the zone there. Yeah. Like, oh, it's not too bad, you know? I kind of enjoy, you know? And I watch my mom gardening. Like, she loves to garden, right? I'm like, actually, it looks kind of fun. Like, little plants grow, and you're like, you're, you have, like, a relationship with that thing. So I, I think that these little simple things, that there's, there's a lot of happiness and wisdom there, but we're moving away from these things. You know, I'm not saying I want to be a gardener full-time or cleaning pool. I, that would suck, too. But, like, I think we're not meant to be doing, A, one thing the whole time, mechanical. Sure. I think it's it's inhumane, in fact, to have someone do the exact same thing their whole life. We're meant to do more. And not doing anything is equally bad yeah. because you're meant to be doing things. Like, you have to have, like, a variety of different ways where you engage with the world, not only physically but also intellectually. And if you have that, I think... Who knows what a fulfilling life is, but I think that's somewhere on the right track. Well, I, what you said about doing the same thing forever, that's kind of how I felt like that's an early death, right? Mm-hmm. If your life doesn't change, you don't change, you're dead already. Dead people don't change, yeah. right? Like your life should always be, uh, in my humble opinion, evolving. Yeah. There should be different pursuits, passions, or at least even in, in, in the martial arts, you might start off as a student, become a coach, you know, or, or an athlete, then a coach, and then maybe you move on to something else, you know, like, and you, you need to give yourself different stimuli, because if you're just doing the same thing, you know, you kind of already been there, right? It would be like eating the same food for the rest of your life. It'd be pretty bland, boring, you know? Like you yeah, It's exactly yeah. like you can't, like, no matter how much you like something, like you yeah. don't eat sushi every day, you know? Yeah, you, you gotta twist it up, season it differently, you know? Like, you know, something's gotta, gotta be mixed up. You know, so I, I feel like that, what you're saying, just like trying different things, going, that's why I like traveling, because it's the easy way of experiencing a new world, yeah. right, without having to do anything entirely yourself. You don't have to get creative. You just go somewhere and then yeah. explore, figure things out, you know, and yeah. I think that keeps you young in a sense. Like, yeah. you, you start getting old in, in when you don't change your thinking, right? Like, you become stubborn or rigid. That, and that's and that's and kind of like that's a whole top for an whole another uh, podcast eh, because I I could see myself it's almost like you have to fight that you know but I think there's a tendency with age where you become more fixed in your own ways and it's almost like a, an effort to remain open minded to all kinds of change mm-hmm. like in jujitsu I've always been like aware of this because I remember. Believe it or not, for those who are listening, I'm referred to as old school today, but there was a day where I was new school. <laughs> I had it all figured out. I had like four spider guard sweeps, three from half guard. I'm modern as fuck. <laughs> you know, like, and people laugh at that today, but that's kind of the feeling was. It's like, if you if you knew spider guard, it's like, oh, wow, you, got, you know, kind of like a big deal. Uh, but, you know, um, I've always been aware that one day that was going to change and there was going to be a new generation that was going to outdo me. I'm going to know more than me. And I've always been okay with that. I've never never bothered me, which is strange to me why guys from old school, like, oh, this modern stuff wouldn't work in a fight. Oh, yeah, because your collar chokes would. Yeah. Right, this choke right here. It's like, man, accept that things have evolved and it's for the better. If you love jiu-jitsu, you want jiu-jitsu to improve, regardless if you're in the... You have to be in front. You have to be in the vanguard of evolution for you to love, appreciate the evolution. Right. Can't you be in the back watching? Like, I've done my part. I've made it up to here. And now you guys carry on. Because the truth is, all these little shits, these purple belts, thinking they invented, you didn't create shit. You had it handed to you. Previous generations. It's easy to make fun of the grandmasters and go, oh, look at their jujitsu. They suck. And having it's trial and error, those guys had to 
go for like just to realize just get to the conclusion of a flower sweep just to get to reach those conclusions how much trial and error they had to go through without internet without tons of competition man yeah. it's incredible what they did right so it's you should never like shit on them she always like remember like man i'm here because of them um but like there's a um there's something about uh where i was going with that but uh the um it's probably getting old around that's part of getting old. <laughs> no, but it was good. No, but like it's it's accepting that change. Like I've always been okay with with jujitsu, for example. Like I've always been okay with jujitsu change, and I've always felt I'm perfectly fine watching my students pick up from where I left off and outdo me if I expect that of them. Well, yeah. If you're if you're a good coach, that's what you want. You your, want your, your athletes to should be able to start smashing you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like I look at what my guys were, how much ground they covered in such short time versus yeah. how long it took me. Like I remember, like. I have guys that throw head kicks within like a week. Like, man, it took me like probably a year yeah. or two to learn how to throw a good head kick. Yeah. Like it just took so long because I had no like natural ability to do it or no good instruction for it. So like I see like every time the next generation just is able to grow up so much faster. You know, yeah. so like of course they should be way better than you. You know, the only thing that you have on them is that experience, yeah. which you're always gonna have until you die, right? But like. I mean, at a certain point, like everybody should be able to eclipse you. Yeah, and and that's I think that's desire. So anyone who is overly excited about how much better they are than the older generations is not really doing a lot of thinking. I think old school should be happy for the changes. But in other realms, jiu-jitsu has always been easy for me for some reason. But in other things, it's harder. And I think to be that, open-minded. You know? Yeah, well, not open-minded. I, I I do think that, and I know we just talked a ton about this, but just to wrap it up, like. Yeah. I think technology is making people unhappy. Oh, I, I, I think so. I think it, it, it makes life more complicated in pursuing happiness, right? Because, you, like you said, you go on social media and now you can, can compare yourself to every single person on yeah, the planet. Yeah. And it's kind of a big scale, right? Like, it's easier to figure out your place when your vision is smaller, yeah. right? It would kind of be like trying to hunt from an airplane. Yeah. Like, man, you're, you're way too high up there. Yeah. You could see a million different things. Which one do I actually go after? Yeah. Versus when you're on the ground, I mean, I can only it's see so easy much. To find like, meaning, yeah. I, I, I could focus. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. there. You know? But if I have to look at everything, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm wondering. I don't know where I'm supposed to be in life. You're confused. There's I, too I, much I, going I, on. I call it the tyranny of choice. Yeah, it's like going to Cheesecake Factory. They, like their menu is like twenty pages oh, I long. I hate that. I hate that. I don't go to Cheesecake Factory for that reason. <laughs> the menu's too big. No, I want to go to a place like give me like four options, and that's all. I, it does make things faster, easier, and almost better. Yeah, I think being you know? more limited, right? Like I know, like from a dining point of view, I see a big menu. I think oh, this is going to be crap, because just from a specialist point of view, how are you going to be good at making fifty different dishes? Yeah, there's no way. Nope. You know, hey, like, man. you go to a nice restaurant, usually it's like you have two or three set menus. Oh. Like, okay, like, this is their jam. They know this, they can do that. You know, and they don't have yeah. to, like, give you no. such a they wide variety. No, trust it, they're yeah. going to like it. Yeah, like, yeah. You go, like, I'm going for French cuisine. No. So I already know on the bat is French. Okay, I'm going to get duck, you know, this. All right, I know I'm good, right? Like, if you have to shotgun to try to capture a giant audience, you're also going to have bad aim. Right? I want to, um, I thought I, I would never want to own a restaurant because it sounds like even more work than a gym and I'm good. So, <laughs> but like I thought I've had this idea before. Like if I ever had a restaurant, I'd have like, like no menu. There'd be like a day, like a daily special. Yeah, yeah. And that said, if you don't like it, go somewhere else. I think it'd be a hit. 
They I think do it's that. so different. Like they, this is they, all you get. We just we cook one meal a day and that's it. Yeah, they they, they do that in quite a few places. Yeah, where I like they, that. They just like the chefs, you know. This is, they, I've seen it where they do it for like a week. Like okay, chefs menu for this week is just this, yeah. right? And they probably you know it makes sense on many fronts. One, you're probably going to get the best version of that plate because yeah. he's not being distracted, or the chef is doing that. Two, from an economic standpoint, the restaurant knows we just have to hoard up this stuff. Yeah. We don't have to buy so many different things and something's going to spoil. Yeah. yeah, right. I can that, you know. And then three, I think from the customer perspective, easy. You don't have to like, oh, what am I going to get? Right? You, you sit down. Yeah. You don't. You, they just bring it to you. There's no. There's there's no ordering. Yeah, yeah. You sit down and someone just brings you. Like I, I prefer that to be honest. I mean, as long as there's no liver, like I can't eat liver. It's about the only thing I don't eat. Like everything else, I'm cool with. So. Yeah. I would love a place like that. So that's an idea for you guys in case anyone's <laughs> thinking about a restaurant. If you do it, open in Vegas near Spring Mountain area, I'll be a customer. <laughs> there you go. Um, Dave, where are we at, man? Like, what time is it? Yeah, it's just about yeah. 3 o'clock. I got to get going. Yes, sir. Uh, dude, I had a lot of fun, as always. Yeah. Uh, I'll be here next week, all week, too. So. Awesome. Get another one in. We'll do it. Hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you for listening to our bullshit. Again, saving the world multiple times over. Your two favorite superheroes, Robert Dreisel and David Allen. Have a good day. Peace. Ciao. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you guys enjoyed our chat. Like always, like, comment, share, repost. Anything you can do to help us out and get the word out. It would be greatly appreciated. And uh, if you have recommendations or whatnot we'll go ahead throw it our way i know we haven't had a guest in a while uh we'll have one shortly it'll be a good one so take care see you in the next time final word from one of our sponsors which is bjjcradle.com bjjcradle.com is a dvd and online course that robert drysdale teaches using the age-old wrestling pin the cradle and most people only know it as a pin Robert cleverly deduced a way of using this for jiu-jitsu and for MMA, which allows you to pass through half guards, particularly if you have issues working against a Z-guard very effectively. And it sets up chokes like guillotines, darts chokes, and uh, Japanese neckties. Really cool stuff. I actually do a cameo in there on the online portion and show some ways of passing open guards with it, taking the back with it. A really clever use of a pin that most people neglect, and it's not too difficult to get into. Actually, it's quite easy. So go ahead, visit bjjcradle.com to learn more.